The Bible says in verse 8, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Father, I pray you'd help us tonight. And Lord, you know my heart. And Lord, you know I want to be a help to these young ladies in this church. And I pray, God, you'd just help me to speak from my heart. And I pray, God, that they would listen, that everyone that's here would listen tonight, and that we might leave here, Lord, better people. And, Lord, this world is in great need tonight. And I pray, God, you'd help us. You'd strengthen us, Lord. You'd help us to be what we need to be for those that we come in contact in, in the days to come. We love you tonight. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want you to underline two words in verse number 8. I've preached from these verses before. Um, I may have preached from them here. I'm not sure. But this is still where the Lord wants me to be tonight. The last two words of verse number 8 says, Good success. Good success. Did you know that there is a difference? The, the Bible says here that God wanted Joshua to have good success. Did you know tonight that there is such a thing as bad success? You say, define bad success. Well, let me give you some illustrations. I want to ask you this. Would you, would you agree tonight with me that the devil has been successful in what he does? Amen. Would you agree? I, I believe so. Do we, have you watched the news lately? Have you turned on the TV? I mean, do you understand? He's doing, he's doing good. He's good at what he does. But he's not having, he's having success, but he's not having good success. Amen. Would you agree tonight that Adolf Hitler had success? But would you call it good success? I could go on and go on and go on. So success, any success outside the will of God is in reality failure. Good success is living a life of obedience in the will of God. Right. Listen to me. It is better for you and I tonight to fail in the will of God than to succeed out of the will of God. Right. Brother David, I've failed him so many times. You say, why do you always mention Brother David? Because he's a preacher. I mean, he's a, I just look, you know, I find comfort in Brother David being here. Because he knows. He's been here. He understands. These other men understand I've failed in the will of God many times. God's never failed me, but I failed him. I failed in my preaching. I failed him in my pastoring. I failed him. I mean, I've, I've, I fell in the will of God, but it's better to fall and to fail in the will of God than to succeed out of the will of God. You know, a lot of times the Bible says we're not to be ignorant of the devil's devices. And I believe that a lot of times in our mind, we think that when the devil tempts us, it's always with something, you know, bad and just awful and something evil and something, something just black and putrid. But do you know that the devil's ruined more lives through helping people succeed out of the will of God than anything else? Amen. By allowing them to enjoy, and, and this is what he whispers in there, see, this is right. See, this is not so bad. And he allows them to enjoy success. And listen, the worst thing could happen to me tonight is to be able to have success out of the will of God. And, and so tonight I'm going to preach on that good success. I don't know how you, wanna, how you feel about tonight, but I want to live a successful life, don't you? 
I want to have a life that when it's over, God can put two words on my head, some good success. Good success. I don't want to succeed in anything that's out of the will of God for my life. If it be God's will for me to fail in every endeavor other than the will of God, other than the work of God, if the only, I, I, what I'm saying is tonight, I'd rather fail in everything else but succeed in the will of God. Tonight, so many are convinced that they're having a successful life because their success, it meets the standards of what the world says success is. Do you believe that? There's this idea that the world has what a successful person is. It's a career, it's a house, it's a husband, a wife, a job, a family, uh, it, it's money, it's possessions, it's all these things, a prestige and a good name and, 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 and influ- influence and all these things. But did you know all those things, you can have all those things and live a life that's a failure. Amen. I, I, I've said this before and it always, when I think about this subject, it always comes to my mind, Rockefeller, when he was about to die, the preacher, Emerson, went to see him and, and he walked in and John Rockefeller had his Bible open to Luke chapter 5 where Peter said we have told all night and taken nothing. And John D. Rockefeller, the richest man in the whole world at the time, the most successful business, people come from all over the world for him to sit with them for 30 minutes and give them advice about, I mean, he was a man, uh, I mean, that name today is still a name that carries with it prestige. And John D. Rockefeller said, I've told all night and taken nothing. Amen. Nothing. But anyhow, Joshua, God said, I want you to have good success. I believe it's the will of God that we have good success. I don't believe God finds delight in seeing us fail. I don't know about you, but I'd rather fail than see my children fail. Boy, you want to talk about, it hurts me to see my kids lose. I hate losing myself personally, but when I see them lose, it makes me even, it hurts me even more. But I want, and and tonight God wants us to have good success. I'm just going to give you a couple things, how to have good success. But here's the thing tonight. Good success doesn't come easy. That's one of the problems with our world. There's many of them, but that's just one of them. People want to enjoy success without any work. You understand they want to reap a harvest where they've not planted anything. They've not turned. They've not done. They've not made any investment. So if we, if, and, and you know, again, I understand tonight these young ladies is who we're thinking about. It's for everybody tonight. It's not too late to start trying to have good success. God said, Joshua, I want you to succeed. I, I want you to do well. I want you to prosper. I want you to, I want you to accomplish everything I have for your life. And here's how you can do it. The first thing is this tonight, you must learn from the past. Now, I'm not going to read it, but in verses 1 through 2, the Bible says, Now, after the death of Moses' servant, I guess I am going to read it, the Lord spake unto Joshua the son of Nun, and he says in verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, rise and go over this Jordan. Moses, my servant, is dead. How can we have good success? Why did God... Did you think Joshua needed to be told Moses was dead or did he know it? I believe he knew it very well. They spent 30 days. They had a 30-day funeral for Moses, mourning him. Now, Moses was a man of God. Do you believe that? But what could Joshua learn from the life of Moses? I believe he could learn from some of the mistakes Moses made. Moses made some mistakes in his ministry, and it cost him dearly. 
And you young ladies that are going off and, and, and moving on in life to uh, adulthood, bless your heart. <laughs> Listen tonight. Learn from our mistakes. Amen. Don't make those same. Abraham Lincoln said that a wise man learns from his own mistakes, but a wiser man learns from the mistakes of others. Listen, and, and, and tonight we, we should learn from the past. You understand there's no exceptions to the rules of the Word of God. You live for God and He'll bless you. You honor God, He'll bless you. You obey God, He'll bless you. If you're pure, holy, and clean, God will bless you. But if you don't, there'll be consequences in your life. If Moses could not get by with disobeying God, me and you can't neither. Moses stood there on the backside of the desert with his shoes off, looked into a burning bush, and God spoke to him out of that burning bush. That's who I'm, Moses I'm talking about. The Moses that stood on the banks of the Red Sea and God parted the water before him, that Moses. The Moses that went up on the mountain and got the Ten Commandments from God personally. The Moses that God hid in the cleft of the rock and passed by so he could see his hinder parts, that Moses, God didn't let him get by with disobedience. And he's not going to let you and I either. Good success, we must learn from the past. We must learn from those that have lived the Christian life. Listen, the, those, listen, those that forget the past are doomed to repeat it. Amen. We are living in a time where people want to make the past irrelevant. And, and they're telling them, this is what they're telling our young people now. You've got to pave your own road. You've got to make your own way. Chart your own course and do your own thing. But tonight, if we want to have success in the Christian life, good success, we must learn from the past. Joshua, you're going to have to learn from the past. But then in verse number 2, he says, Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan. So good success, it comes to those that learn from the past. But then also it goes, comes to those that are, that are able to live in the present. You say, that's contradictory. No, it's not. We can learn from the past and not live in the past. But we must live in the present. He said, now, Joshua, now, therefore, arise. He said, Joshua, this is something that must be done today. Not tomorrow, not the next week, not the next month, but today. Now, there's some things that we can put off. There's some things I haven't been, you know, with coronas and all that. I couldn't go to the dentist and get my normal, so I'm dreading it. I'm dreading it with all my heart, and I'd really rather just not go, but I'd, you know what I'm saying? I'd rather keep my teeth and lose them. Amen, Brother Hobbs? And, 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 but I've been putting it off. But, you know, God told Joshua, listen, this, now, now's the time, Joshua. Now's the time. Here, this is the place, and you're the man that's going to lead them over the Jordan River. I heard a message a long time ago when I was just a young preacher. Just started, my daddy gave me a box of about 400 tapes. And I listened to it. He, that's some of the only advice he ever gave me in my life. He said, if you're going to preach, listen to these CDs. They'll help you. And I did. And I'll never forget, Brother David, I listened to a message. It was from 1974. And it says, now is the time. This is the place. And we are the people. Now, he said, now, Joshua, you need to do something right now. And what I'm saying is, it's easy in life as you grow up. There's people in, under the sound of my voice right now that are in the, in the latter years of your life and there's still things that you promised God you'd do when you were the age of these young ladies that's still not been done. 
And I'm not, being con I'm not trying to condemn you because I know if God allows me to live, there'll be some things probably in my life that I put off and put off. Ecclesiastes 12, 1 says, Remember now the day thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. If you will not live for him today, then what makes you think you'll live for him tomorrow? He said, now, Joshua, now. He said, this is the time. Now's the time. The waters are about to part. You must leave here and go on. Live in the present. Listen, Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. He didn't say, I was and I'm going to be. But he said, I am crucified. And he said, the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Listen tonight, we must live in the present. Listen, church, this may be our only window of opportunity to have good success. We must go when God says go and live when God says live. Great men and women are people who can live in the present and make a difference where they are. Amen. Live in the present. Now, now I don't want to live a life and look back full of regrets on what could have been and what might have been and what should have been. The only way to avoid that is to live in the presence and, and live in the, in the moment and make the most of it. Uh, listen, don't wait till tomorrow. Don't put it off until uh, next week or next month or next year. But listen, be the person God wants you to be now and let God take care of the future. The Bible says thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Do you believe that? But here we want to know what's on the path without ever making God's word the light of our feet. And if I'll make God's word the lamp unto my feet, as I live for God one day at a time now in the present, it'll become a light unto my path. Now, live in the present. Learn from the past. Verse number 3, he says, Every place that the sole of your feet shall tread upon that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, as I said. And so not only if we want to have good success, when I'm, I'm talking about in the living, having good success in the will of God, uh, having a life of success is, is not what the world says it is. This is Joshua. Would anybody disagree that Joshua had good success? Joshua. Joshua had good success, but the reason he did because he followed these principles. He lived in the present. He learned from the past. But then you must lean on the promises of God. He says, as I said unto Moses, so will I do unto you. God's promises, they do not change. He says later on, as I swear unto your fathers. You see, God's obligated to keep his word. He has bound himself to keep his promises. And this evening there are times in the Christian life where the only comfort that can be found is as I have said. Amen. As I have said. Lean, Joshua. He said, Joshua, verse 4, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even under the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites under the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with thee. I will not 
fail thee. I will not fail thee. I said earlier that I have failed in the will of God. But God has never failed me in the will of God. He says, not Joshua, I will not fail thee. Listen, Moses failed Joshua. He did. Joshua was the Moses' servant, the minister to Moses. He waited on Moses. He washed his feet. He cared for Moses. He helped Moses. He loved Moses. He stood for Moses. He fought for Moses. Amen. You read over there where they, you know, Aaron and Hur held up his hands. Guess who the one was down there cutting heads off and shedding blood? Joshua was. Amen. That's the job I want to volunteer for. Anyhow. But Joshua was a warrior. He went after, I mean, listen, he, when, he, when Joshua got after you, you better, you better be real fast or you better be real good at putting on like them Gibeonites. They faked like they were somebody they weren't. That's the only way they got out from being destroyed. But Joshua, Moses let Joshua down. Joshua, and Joshua was supposed to go with Moses into the promised land. And, and listen, and Moses failed God, but Moses failed Joshua. And God said, Joshua, I want you to know I will not fail thee. I will not disappoint thee. I wish tonight I could tell these young girls that are graduating high school that they'll never be let down by an adult or by a peer or by a husband or they'll never be let down by their children. But the fact of the matter is, all throughout life we are failed. People fail us over and over and over again. But the truth of the matter is, God said, I will not fail thee he will not fail thee he cannot fail thee did you know that failing is something God cannot do it's something he's never done and it's something he'll never do that song the children sing God always wins he always wins Amen. I'm God. He always wins. He always wins. And old doubt, Joshua was sitting here on this side of the Jordan River and God said, the land of the Hittites and the Amalekites, he said, this is all these enemies you're going to have to overcome. But he said, Joshua, I just want to tell you this, I'm not going to fail you. And God didn't fail him. In fact, God held the sun back for Joshua one day so he could win a battle. That's how much, and did you know God will, he'll, he'll move mountains if that's what it takes to keep his word to his children. Verse 8 and 9, I'm done. Lord willing. If the creek don't rise and Jesus don't come back. Verse 8 through 9. This book of the law shall not depart thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. But then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong, and of a good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. I believe tonight these are just four simple things that are key to good success. Learn from the past, live in the present, lean on the promises of God. But finally, verse 8 and 9, he tells him he's got to lay hold of the purpose of God for his life. Did you know there's three questions every person has? Every person. Where did I come from? Why am I here? And where am I going? And you know the Bible answers all those questions. Where did I come from? And you girls are smart, so I know you ain't going to fall for this, but when they say that monkey stuff and them tadpoles, just laugh. Ha, ha, ha. Really? Anyway. 
You're smarter than that. I know you two are smarter than that. And, and when some, you know, some teacher gets up there, anyway, I'm just going to leave that. We'll have a counseling session about these. Things. But anyhow, y'all just call me if they say something like that, and I'll give you some good advice, some, some responses to that. But, but finding God, Joshua, what was God's purpose for Joshua? His purpose for him was that he would, in verse number 8, he said, that thou shalt, he said, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. We see the demand of God's purpose is continual compliance to the Word of God. That's so simple, isn't it? Charles Haddon Spurgeon said the Christian life can be summed up in two words, trust, obey. Trust, obey. People want to make this thing so hard and complicated. Trust and obey. Trust and obey. God has a purpose and we must get hold. The demand of God's purpose is a continual Dedication to his word. But then we see the design of God's purpose. What is God's pur- what's the design of God's purpose? That we might prosper and have good success. Now look, what I, like I said, the real prosperity and real success isn't what this world deems as real prosperity and real success. But I can promise everyone in here tonight that if you'll keep God's word, obey God's word, you'll prosper and have good success. Now, it may not be prosperity in the eyes of the world, but in the eyes of God, he'll say they're prosperous and they're having good success. God wants what's best for us, and we shouldn't settle for anything less. Verse 9, the difficulty of God's purpose. There's difficulty. He said, be not dismayed. Do you know what that word dismayed means? It means to be shattered, to be shattered. The world, the flesh, and the devil are always trying to shatter God's purpose for our life. If the devil can't take us to hell once we're saved, He'll do everything he can to make sure that our lives make no difference in the world, that they make no difference among those that we're around, and that we enjoy none of it down here. He said, be not dismayed. Be not dismayed. Have you ever, and I'm, 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 I'm concluding the message. I'm unhitching the wagon. We're tying the horses out. We're getting ready to go have our festivities. But have you ever, you adults, have you ever been shattered by something? I have. And it's when those times come, it's when it's the most easy to quit. I had some advice given me, and I'm going to give it to these young ladies. When I just started out preaching, Brother Willard told me this. It's helped me more than, I guess I say a lot of things he's helped me, but this really has helped. He said, Brother James, he said, was when I was going to Bible college, they had a big going away kind of like this and, and everything, and um <sighs> They uh, had food and whatnot, and, and me and him was talking afterwards. He said, James, he said, hey, so I'm going to give you some advice. He said, you just got to survive the quitting spots. He said, you got to survive the quitting spots. He said, because in your life, there's going to be times where it's going to be easy to quit. And there's going to be times not only where it's going to be easy to quit, there's going to be times where if you quit, everybody you know and love is going to say, I don't blame them. He said, but you got to go through it. You got to survive the quitting spots. And you see, there's going to come times in all of our lives where we could just quit and nobody blame us. Would anybody have blamed Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego for eating the king's meat? Would anybody in Babylon have blamed them for bowing to that image? Would anybody, would anybody have, have listen, would anybody have, have condemned Daniel for not keeping on praying when the king said you can't keep praying. Nobody, that, no, nobody, everybody would have been like, man, he's done enough. 
You know, here they are. They're living away from their family. They're down here. They're, they're, they still love God and everything. Nobody would have blamed them. But Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't quit. And because they didn't, now follow me, because they didn't quit, years later, the acts that they did, the things that were recorded in a book, and another king read about it. And he says, I'm going to let these people go back to Israel. Because four boys didn't quit. There's, there's got to be a, 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 the, the difficulty of God's purpose. Verse 9, he says, Whithersoever thou goest, I'll be with thee. Whithersoever thou goest, I'll be with thee. The Lord God is with thee. Whithersoever thou goest. The delight of God's purpose. Here it is. What's the delight? What's the delight of doing God's will for your life? Here it is. It's God. He's our reward. He is our reward. And tonight, there's nothing in this world that can, can come close to the treasure of having the constant presence of God in your life. They sung, How are the Lord's our shepherd? And listen, in life, things, they come and they go. There's problems, they happen, and they, you know, there's good times, there's bad times, there's high and low. But the one constant in the Christian life is the presence of Almighty God. Joshua, God said, look, Joshua, I am going to be your reward. I'll be with thee, whithersoever thou goest. 